first off, let me welcome you here. Tell the folks uh, that are watching this video um, name, title, what your actual role is. Great. Thanks, Chris. My name is Scott Samlin. I am the CEO and medical director of Northwest Indiana ER and Hospital, located next to Walmart and Cabela. I'll just start off by saying thanks. Oh, um, Chris, my pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Um, tell me a little bit about how Dr. Scott evolved <laughs> to where you are today. Uh, it, was a large, uh, it was a long, arduous journey, but uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, and then um, great, great upbringing. Love my parents. Give them all the credit in the world. Um, and I went to high school in Northbrook, which is a suburb outside of Chicago. And then I, I uh, pursued my college career at University of Texas at Austin, and then uh, came back here for my residency in Chicago. So I, I spent three years doing my residency, and then I was in academics for six or seven years teaching residents, which I really enjoyed. And uh, it leads to who I brought into when I started my own business, my own hospital. Uh, and then uh, I went for a little... There's not a lot of guys that say that, by the way, like I started my own hospital. Like, <laughs> you know, I was a unique guy, like I started my good news company, but like there's not a lot of people that step into it and say, well, I started my own hospital. Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, it's pretty, I'm pretty proud of yeah, it. You don't probably yeah. hear that a lot at cocktail parties. No, I, I, actually people talk to me, what do you do? Like, wizard, you built your own hospital? I'm like, yeah, with me and four other guys, we built our own hospital. It was, crazy. Yeah, I know, it, it, it was nuts how we got here. Um, so, and then before I, I built a hospital, I was worked for a big CMG, which is called a corporate medical group. It was great. Um, I was a regional director, which means I had 10 ERs I was overseeing in five states. Okay. So. And at that point, at the end, my wife was pregnant with our first, and uh, I was just grinding, traveling to all different states. It, it was a lot. Um, but I was good at my job. I mean, we, we, we gave them the contract, and usually the contracts were not, you know, ivory tower beautiful. They were usually yep. a mess. So we'd go in there and we'd fix operation. We'd upsize billing, we'd fix staffing, and we were good at it. And then um, I said, this is what I, I want to do forever. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think there's something else out there. And then one of my friends who opened a freestanding ER in Steamboat, Colorado. Okay. And he was talking about like, we opened our own freestanding ER. I go, that's fascinating. So I flew out and I visited him and I saw this, I'm like, this is great. Uh, he's like, let me introduce you to the guy who started. This guy named Tom Vo out of Texas. He, okay. he, he had like five or 10 of these freestanding or micro hospitals, small hospitals. So I went with him and uh, one of my partners, C my COO, Dan Irving, okay. um, him and I went out there and we, we, we met and we talked to him and I still remember we were flying home when we were, we were in Dallas. So we stopped at, D, we're in DFW, yep. we both had you know, two glasses of wine and we had a you know, cocktail napkin, like, oh, let, let's do this. Yeah. Let's build our own hospital. Yeah. Like, we're going to be Warren Buffett. <laughs> we're going to write out these plans on cocktail napkins. <laughs> but the way we kind of looked at this, say, look, at, we're, we're both ER doctors and he was just fresh off his, his MBA and we have a very complimentary skill set. Okay. I'm a people person, I get along. He's a number guy. Got it. If he was not a physician, he'd be probably a, a, just an accountant or like a, yeah. He would do a financial a, planner, a, oh, insurance yeah. adjuster, or something. Something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah, exactly. He likes to get in the nitty gritty. So I know we, we had a very complimentary skill set. And we've been in the game for you know, 15 years. So we had this cocktail napkin. And we we're like, okay, let's get this person, this person, oh, I like him, because you know all these ER doctors and all these nurses. So that kind of had the, the mindset that we're gonna, we're gonna build our own hospital. And it was a lot of hard work to securing a loan and to getting the right people on board. And this was, uh, I think it started five years ago and we opened three years ago. Wow. What is the driver behind a standalone hospital ER clinic? 
In terms of why we do yeah, this? What, what most people didn't grow up with that. We grew up of, you go to the hospital and it has right. everything. And now most of those services now have moved, or many of those services have moved outside of the hospital. Right. ER was probably one of the last ones to ever be an independent kind of right. thing. What leads to that? So I think most people went into medicine, and I know it sounds kind of trite, but you go into medicine, you want to help people. And as you've seen over the last couple of years, what's happening? You wait in the ER for three, four hours, you get in, you get out, you wait for stuff. It's just not why we went to medicine. And we said, I think there's a better way to do this. Like, we want to sit down with the patient. We want to get to know them. We want to say, like, what brought, what brought you to the hospital? What are your likes, dislikes? And we sit down and talk to them and get a care plan in terms of like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. And if you need something for follow-up, we're gonna get some great consultants that we, we, so we close the loop and make sure that you, you get what you want. Because a lot of times when you go to the ER, it's like, oh yeah, you broke your ankle, go follow with an orthopedist. Yeah. So what we do a little different. And there's no know? further connection That's of it. any kind. It's right. literally like we put your thing in a cast, now exactly. go call the doc. Yeah, so let's say somebody twists their knee and you look at it, you probably tore a meniscus or ACL. So we just don't get an x-ray, we get an MRI. We already have a machine. We'll get an MRI and like, yeah, you, you tore your meniscus or you tore your ACL. So if, and then we call a consultant that either they, if they have an orthopedist, fantastic. If not, we'll use one of ours and we'll say, yeah, they tore their meniscus, fantastic, I'll see them Tuesday in the office. Yeah. So we give them a copy of their CD, the report, and we'll say, you're going to see XYZ orthopedist, you're going to see a Tuesday in the office, and we'll get this kind of hammered out. Now, traditionally, when people twist their knee, you go to the ER. Yeah. They do an x-ray, and they'll say, all right, you might have done something, ice it. Um, and then you file with your GP or internist, and they'll say, yeah, let's wait and wash it. All right, if it's not getting better, let's see an orthopedist. Orthopedist says, sees you, okay, let's order MRI. You're like three months yeah. in the rear. So if we can deal with it. Like and you're the, talking about Tuesday. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. like a week. So I think that's the kind of different mentality we have because everything we do in this hospital, and we talked about this, is patient-centric. I mean, we're small. We're only 52 people in our hospital. Everybody's first-name basis. We're very good at our jobs. We hire the best of the best, and, and we love what we do now. Like, I felt like we kind of took back medicine. We, from the nurses, the techs, the front desk staff, we practice how we want to be treated if we were patients. That's awesome. Yeah. What, as you were through all those stages of your development, I like to learn uh, a little bit about leadership and what forged that leader to be who they are. You know, parents, mentors, you know, uh, teachers that they had. Who developed Scott to be the leader that he is? Probably a lot of people, but a lot of people. who were the first couple that you give some credence to? So when I was in residency at Resurrection Hospital in Chicago, I had this mentor. His name was Carl Ambrose. Um, he was probably, probably seven or eight years older than me, but he was one of those guys who just bigger than life. Um, just, he was just a wonderful human being, a wonderful person. And I remember what he told me, and this kind of is always in the back of my head. He goes, Scott, I'm going to tell you something. The patient might not remember your name, or they might not remember the diagnosis, but they'll know exactly how they feel when they leave the ER. Yeah. And that kind of resonated with me and all my staff, and I say that all the time. He unfortunately passed away, but um, he, what he taught me and the way you connect with patients, because he said, you're in the room for a certain amount of time. you got to find a connect. If it's the Colts, if it's the Bears, or if it's basketball, whatever it is, is that you have, we have all kids. Like he used to have a big button with his kids 
on his lab coat. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. So I have I have a little Blackhawk thing, a little Chicago Bears thing. I mean, okay. I'm a Chicago guy. <laughs> but I have that, and I connect with people that way. But you've got to find a, a common connection with your patient. Because look at, nobody comes to the ER for fun. Yeah. They're coming there because it's very intimate. I mean, they're, they're there because they need help, and they don't know me, so you try to make them comfortable as possible. So like, and they're, they're kind of, they're, you're there, like their, their well-being, how they are, they're in your hands. Yeah. So it's, it's, a really, um, it's a really humble position to be in, that somebody you don't know is telling you their medical problems, their deepest, darkest fears, and I respect that, and I take that very seriously, and so does my entire staff. They're vulnerable. They want to be reassured. They want the hand on the shoulder. They want like, Absolutely. hey, it's gonna be okay. Right, right. And a lot of uh, see a lot of kids. Yeah. She's like, oh, I, I, you know, look at I'm a dad. Yeah. Your mom. You're a dad. Like, I get it. You didn't do anything. These things happen. But you did everything right. You brought your child here. Should I brought him yesterday? Like, no. You did everything right. And you just gotta reassure him. Like, look at we all we're all human. We all make yeah. errors. There's no book for this. There's no book for this. I mean, yeah. there's no guy book. I mean, how many times can you read like how do how, what happens when a kid eats X Y Z? I don't know. Bring yep. him. Yeah. You know. So it's it's okay. I'm like you gotta give yourself a break sometimes. I remember one time my wife had to take both of my younger children um, to the ER for stitches, like four days apart. Mm -hmm. She's calling me on the way there. She's like, they're going to ask me like if I hurt my kids or something. I'm like, no, it's just their kids. It just happens. And she's yeah. like, but it's four days apart. I'm like, it's, they're not going to arrest you. Don't worry. Like, no, you're, okay. you're a great mom. You're fine. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, you're nervous. Of course you, know? you are. You're feeling vulnerable. So you or somebody you love is potentially in danger. Right, and that's kind of how we want to focus when we were talking about how do we want to build this hospital. Everything is patient-centric. So when you come in to the ER, it's clean. Our front, before COVID, you know, we still have a mask, but big smile on their face. They don't wait really long. You know, we try to get them as soon as possible. When the nurse sees them, triages them, does their blood pressure, all that stuff. Doctors within a couple minutes, we sit in a chair. And even where they're at, flat screen TVs in every room. We have a sound machine in every room. And like, we want to show that we really care. We, we, we appreciate you here and we care about you and your health. And we're doing everything we can to make you comfortable and figure out what's going on with you. So tell me a little bit more about teachers or coaches or anything else that sort of taught you along the way or, or maybe the leadership techniques that you were taught that you're preaching every day. Absolutely. Um, a lot of it was my former job. So when I had 10 hospitals, I think I had maybe like 200 reports because all the physicians and nurses and right size operations, I learned a lot how to deal, because a lot of there's not a guidebook for this. A lot of this is on the job, on job learning. A lot of I, I took, I lead, read a lot of books on leadership. Okay. From like Patton to uh, Einstein to, I, I just, I like read. One yeah. of the books that resonated. Very much myself. Yeah. One of the books that resonated to me, Jim Collins, have you heard of him? Yep. From Good oh, yeah. to Great. Yep. And he said something that kind of, again, that resonated with me. <clears throat> he said, um, people first, strategy second. Not that strategy is not important, but no matter well how thought out your strategic mission is, unless you have people who believe in your values and your culture, it's gonna fall flat on its face. Mm -hmm. So what I do is, and I, and I take that to heart, so when somebody comes to our hospital from front desk, the radiologist, whatever, I sit down and I talk to them. I said, look, you're gonna be wearing many hats and uh, you have a seat at the table. So for something we can improve or you see that's not working well, I wanna know, so tell me, you have an open door policy. And people don't lose their, leave their jobs because 
of salary or benefits. They leave because they're not being hurt. Yeah. And we try to make that like kind of family environment. And we celebrate the wins. Like we have three nurses now on maternity leave. Everybody's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pitch in. Yeah. And without even asking, like, yeah, we'll, we'll cover their shifts. I mean, that's amazing. Or somebody's sick, like one email goes out when the doctor's sick, like, yeah, I gotcha, I'll come yeah. in. Like, how do, you, how do you build that culture? It's just, we, it's, it's a family. Yeah, and it's ultimately what teamwork is all about. Like, hey, you want that person to help you, you want to help that person. Absolutely. Just so that the, the minute they need help, you're there to step in, just like you're gonna feel comforted by the person that as soon as you need help, they're gonna step in. Absolutely, that, that's just how it is. And if, it's, if the hospital's successful, then the staff's successful. We give discretion and bonuses. If we make money, we, when Dan and I started, we said if we make money, hospital's making money, our staff is making money. Yep. So if we were busy during COVID, we paid out distributions. It's just the right thing to do. And there's like little touches we have. We celebrate all the wins. So. Okay. Birthday parties are a big deal. Showers at our hospital. We do events with our marketing director, Jessica. We, you know, we sponsor Railcats. We did a, a UFC, went together a UFC event. We go to local breweries. We do group outings, just kind of relax and just kind of hang out. It's a lot more than a job. It's, it's life. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's where you spend so much of your time, so you might as well make it the best you possibly can. 100%. So tell me about um, the specific location uh, you mentioned how long you guys have been operating. How has the region responded to the availability of this option? It's been fantastic. So um, there is a ton of hospitals. I mean, there's a big sandbox. We're just in a little corner, right? Yeah. Um, we're right next to Cabela's and Walmart off of Indianapolis Boulevard. So we have good visibility. And we're 25,000 square feet. Um, the patients that we see love us. The, the reason why I know, well, the majority is. Because you're there. Because we, we see it, yeah. we have, we're there. Um, we've been in operation three years and uh, we have over 2,000 Google reviews at like 4.9. Wow. Which is amazing. But there's also a little thing to how to, how to get that. So if pa patients have a complaint, we address it right then, right, right there, right now. Yeah. So we call the patient bat. So, and we try to do any type of risk mitigation or not even that, like what can we do to improve? And people just want to be heard. Um, and I think part of what I expect our doctors to do and what we do is patient callbacks. So if they leave the ER, we usually call them back. If they so see how they're doing, yeah. just touch base. If you're worried about a patient, just call them back. Yeah. And it's great for the patient, it's great for the doctor, it's great for the community. And I think we've really been embraced by the community because I see the return visits that we have. Yeah. And, you know, if they come for one injury, like, it's been great, I'm going to come back there. I don't have to wait long. They treat me great. They care about me. And I think the, the community has really, really embraced that. That's awesome. What, uh, now that you're spending a heck of a lot of time out here in Northwest Indiana, what have you found that you love? Growing up in Chicago, you've, been, you've traveled around the world. Um, what is it about the region that seems to stand out as unique? Great question. 100%. I don't want the people. Yeah. The people are just lovely. They're wonderful. They're appreciative. They take time to listen to you. And they're just good, good people. And uh, they're not conf confrontational. They're, just, they're just, just good people. If I ask them to do something, if they ask me to do something, it's just a good relation, good rapport. Nobody's really angry. Everybody's kind of like low-key. And they're just wonderful, wonderful people. That's awesome. And the food here is, I mean, I put on like 15 pounds <laughs> with shoops and, <laughs> and of course, Culver's built like across the street. Yep. And that's killing my staff because we have a lot of Culver's runs. <laughs> Tell me about, uh, last thing I'll touch on is um, the staff and the people. We were talking before the interview started just about those personal experiences. 
when you and the nurses are helping each other when a couple people are on maternity leave. Tell me an example or two about when you watch that care in action with a patient. Oh, it, it. Well, first one thing that I learned from my previous job, a lot of times when you work in busy ERs, you don't have time to eat, and every nurse or doctor or tech has always had little peanut butter cups and saltines okay. to, to eat during a shift. Like, that's not going to happen. So the first thing we did was bought a real nice coffee machine, Coke, uh, Diet Coke, whatever, whatever people want, we get it. We got chips, we got soda, whatever the staff needs. You want little snacks? We put a big snack thing. Like, just make It's easy. It's yep. great. And it's, we appreciate you. I think it was probably a couple months ago, we had a patient um, who, uh, who didn't have a home and he couldn't get into shelter. And one of our staff members spent the time and effort calling multiple staff social workers and we got him placed somewhere. We didn't, we didn't have to. She just spent, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And she found him a place to go that evening. We also, one of our, our CNO who was amazing, went across the street at Walmart and bought him a coat and and pants. I mean, how, yeah. it's amazing. Who does that? People who care about the community, people who care about the hospital. Like, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I always, and I always tell all my staff, like, look, at, if, if you question it, do what's right for the patient. And we'll yeah. always have your back, no matter what it is. Just do what's right for the patient. And it's amazing how much that basic principle is just do the right thing really applies to every aspect of every business, doesn't matter what you do. You could be taking pictures or creating videos or writing articles like we do, or you could be caring for somebody's broken leg or, or leg or their you know, uh, stress test. And it's ultimately just do the right thing, take care of people, be nice. Um, it leads to great outcomes. Absolutely. Medically and ethically and spiritually and relationship-wise. You're absolutely right. And I kind of think of it as like a big circle. So you have staff engagement. Your staff wants to be there and they like it. And what does that lead to? Patients. Patients are happier because you see their staff happy, patients happy. What does that lead to? More volume through the door. Yeah. So it, it all kind of fits together. It's like a myriad of three different things. And if your staff is happy, your patients are happy, people come visit you. It's a good product. It's that simple. Wow. Well, thank you again for being here. I appreciate the background. Appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit about how you learn to lead and how it sounds like you're learning still every day. Of course, today. every day. <laughs> well, Chris, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We, we love your show. We support you guys. And, and thank you again for having me. Really awesome. appreciate it. Thanks thank so you. much.